RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You might remember a few weeks ago, we spoke to the Ruapehu District Mayor, Weston Curtin, and that was in the run-up to a creditors meeting that at that time was going to decide the fate of the Ruapehu ski season, basically. Uh, the Ruapehu Alpine Lifts, I believe, was the company that was facing um, uh, liquidation. And subsequently, that vote happened, and some of the creditors um, that needed to be on board weren't on board, so liquidation looked like that was going to happen. And then we hear that the government stumped up some money, so it's still kind of limping along. And Weston Curtin is back with us. Weston, thanks for giving us a, a few minutes again. Pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so uh, were you at the creditors' meeting? Yes, I was, uh, representing the Rupert Justice Council's point of view. Uh, yep. And uh, we decided, uh, after a lot of heartache and uh, casting vote, by the way, uh, we decided to go with the preferred option from the MB and government, uh, in fact, included a package deal uh, to go into liquidation, immediately go into uh, the preferred bidders, uh, which was uh, WHL, Proper Papa Holdings Limited on one side, the Papa Papa side, and the other side, of course, was the Puratura, uh, which is the southern part of the mountain. And those entities were going to be formed uh, to uh, run the mountains. But, of course, uh, it became a stalemate, uh, voted down on both accounts, uh, which, of course, uh, only had one conclusion, was to give back, give back the responsibility to the failing uh, REL business uh, and became basically insolvent. Uh, and, of mm. course, uh, liquidators had to be... Um, forced into the situation of actually running the mountain, if at all, uh, if not uh, represent the creditors. So what we found was that the um, administrators, who were administrators for the part uh, over the last uh, few months, um, they became the liquidators and uh, started engaging with the preferred, preferred bidders. But in the meantime, the government, of course, as you said in the intro, uh, mm. gave $5 million to allow the ski season to proceed uh, and to continue over the course of the season uh, until such time that the um, preferred bidders were, I guess, sorted out. And uh, whatever that takes, I'm not sure, but uh, there is some progress. So who voted? Who were the creditors who, who voted voted it down? Well, well, that's a very good question. Uh, of course, you had the, uh, the lifetime pass holders uh, that were the bulk of the creditors and mm. therefore had one vote. And that was the complication, is that they're outnumbered. Uh, they outnumbered the rest of the creditors, which are tradies, uh, creditors of all types, including uh, the uh, Tuwharata, Taupo District Council, uh, and many, many more people that are associated with the mountain, including Crown. Okay. So that uh, money that the government is putting in, was I right? Was it is about $5 million? Is that what it is? It's another $5 million. Of course, prior to Christmas, there was $6 million. And prior to that, uh, okay. another bucket of money. So it uh, accumulated, of uh, course. And uh, some of it has been determined as loan. Uh, some, of course, will be written off. Uh, but ANZ are in the mix there as well. Uh, but all along, the government uh, have been uh, basically involved in various shape or form. A, appointing the administrators in the early stages, uh, liquidation, of course, had to go to the High Court, uh, but the uh, government through MB have been basically uh, saying that they'll write off the debt. They'll become shareholders of the business moving forward, uh, and uh, I understand that that is going to continue. And, of course, uh, we don't know how it all unfolds until um, 
MB and uh, the liquidators are going to work through some of those issues. Sort of like welfare. Well, I guess so. It's a patch-up job. Of course, uh, people have been telling me, why should we invest uh, in this business, owning business? Uh, but uh, the reality is it uh, accumulates, in most cases, $100 million for the economy of this area. Mm. A lot of people have been building around and going to school. They've got their business associated with Mountain. So to not have the ski fields, uh, at least have an opportunity to see the ski fields operate, operate it's just huge for our economy, and um, we're doing our utmost to make sure that it's uh, an even playing field for us to move forward. And I've got to say, too, that it's of national interest that we have the ski fields. It's an asset built up over 60 or 70 years. Millions and millions of dollars gone into it. It's become an important part of our identity and, of mm. course, um, our business. So, yes, you could argue why would you want to prop it up, but, of course, the, um, the do-nothing option means that we're going to miss out not only of income, uh, but, of course, taking the mountain, uh, sorry, the assets off the mountain to make good uh, some of the issues around Yeah, because the mountain doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere, but um, the iwi, for good reason, and the Department of Conservation are responsible for the World Heritage Park uh, to be in its original form if, in fact, the uh, REL business fails entirely and they start taking assets off. Um, how do they do that? don't know, but the cost of it is huge in the yeah. figure that's been, that's been bandied around is around that $100 million. Well, who would pay that? Well, that's the other issue, of course, that would probably fall uh, by default onto the hands of the Department of Conservation, who in turn, of course, would have to go to the government to get funded. But yeah, well, taxpayer, you know, taxpayers are burdened enough. Absolutely. And so um, they don't want that to happen, of course, and uh, it's just seems to me as though this is the best course of action uh, to tough it out uh, and, of course, hope for a good ski season and um, next week uh, hopefully we'll be able to get up and running. Yeah, that's that's coming up to speed pretty quick. So all the bits and pieces are obviously, sorry, obviously in place to make that happen or is it a mad scramble behind the scenes as we, as we talk? Probably a combination of each, uh, but it is fair to say that uh, with the staff have been employed up until the end of June uh, to get the whole operation uh, to some standard so that they can operate. And as I understand, they are going to be advertising season pass, passes. The uh, I understand the management have uh, honoured the lifetime pass holders, uh, their privilege. Mm -hmm. uh, so that um, gets that over the line. But um, to answer the question about whether it's ready, uh, it won't be perfect, of course, uh, but um, there's been a genuine desire and, and an intention to actually get it up and running uh, in superior shape or form. And, of course, they'll be able to make snow, um, as they have done in previous years. So it's usually a pretty um, slow start to the season around this time of the year. Most of the snow comes in July, so let's hope uh, that the odd storm or two makes it a possible <laughs> for the Let's hope for bad weather. <laughs> Is that <laughs> what you're saying? It. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Well, if it's all in a good cause. So you limp through the year and hopefully, I, I'm sure you're thinking and all the locals are thinking that um, come the next season, something a little more solid and long lasting is in place because you can't just keep on limping around, right? That's true. I mean, we can't um, alter the fact that uh, the climate change uh, has changed the conditions in the mountains. In fact, the whole climate throughout our country, if not the world. Have you noticed that? 
Have you noticed? Uh, it's easy to say um, that, but have you I actually noticed that? I have, absolutely. I've um, been know, doing right? bread, and bread in this area. Historically, you've seen frost after frost after frost, uh, but you don't see that now. And getting temperatures, sometimes 19 degrees in this area, uh, is unprecedented, and um, that's just not normal for this particular location. Right. Uh, but uh, there are certainly changes there. But having said that, they can swing from one uh, season to another overnight. So, you know, I, I'm confident that uh, we will get um, a ski season up and running. Uh, and because, uh, you know, the nature of it is that um, it has changed from the last year's uh, pattern. Uh, and uh, we understand there's a 50 50 chance of it being in a typical year. So um, that's been in what we've had in the past. Bear in mind, uh, of course, that we had two years of COVID with no snow, and yeah. last year was unprecedented uh, because of the warm conditions. You're not using NIWA data, are you? Well, I'm getting some reports back from there, but, uh, yeah, I understand that uh, we've come into a different cycle now and that um, it's in a neutral mode and that we hopefully will see some uh, variation to the uh, temperatures okay. compared to last year. But I'm no expert in that field, of course. No, well, none of us are. Um, okay, so uh, some relief. It's temporary relief, but a, a sense of relief would be fair to say in your area, and for you too, as the as the mayor. Obviously, you you sound a little uh, concerned last time we were talking. Oh. The tension was was there. You could tell. So, uh, but the jury is still out, right? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, uh, it's changed overnight. The uh, you know, the anticipation and also the confidence uh, that people have now got some sort of security, if not certainty. Yep. Uh, that they plan ahead with accommodation and people are booking, of course, and, uh, you know, the whole cycle of things happens. Uh, but, yes, we are confident, we are upbeat, and we are resilient. So, you know, we can all, all we can do is just live in hope that we can get back to some sort of normality. And uh, because it means so much to people in this area, um, I'm sure that uh, you know, people appreciate the support they're getting. What's the eruption cycle? <laughs> uh, That's all you need. Yeah. I've actually, when I was mayor in 1996, I happened to be um, involved with that, and that was horrendous. Uh, we don't want to go down there. But no, no, I've spent a bit of time. Uh, we're up not there actually. We don't have to be looking at. We're not looking at dials. We're not looking at um, any of the uh, equipment at this stage. Just yeah, right. Yeah, Best yeah. to just not know, right? And absolutely, we'll just turn it off. To be really All right. One thing okay. at a time. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming back on and updating us, and. Um, I think uh, most people would probably think that's a good use of five million. You can't upturn all those lives just like that, I suppose. So, well, we'll get back to fifteen percent in GST anyway. So, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Western Curtin Mayor for Ruapehu District. Thanks very much. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.